0: Hello and welcome back to The Francisca Show where we talk about Jewish women in the entertainment and performing arts world. And while it is freezing outside, I hope you can warm up with our fun conversation with the interviews of the special women in the Jewish entertainment world. Today we have the Ayelet Hashachar Band, a contemporary women's Jewish music ensemble that features Lisa Aronson Friedman on keyboard and vocals, Shalama's Koffler Weinrib on guitar, percussion and vocals, and Stephanie Rabinowitz on vocals. Drawing on an extensive musical background, the trio blends original songs, unique vocal and instrumental arrangements, beautiful harmonies, to create sounds of deepest feeling that inspire and uplift. Their music is a sensitive expression of eternal Jewish themes, resonating with meaning for our times. Ayelet Hashachar has had three major areas of focus. Number one, to be true to Jewish and Torah values, to hold their music to a high standard of professionalism, and to use their talents and time to do chasid, tzedakah. As such, they focus their nonprofit company. So Shalamis Koffler-Weinreb is a singer-songer, guitarist, percussionist who has performed professionally for over 40 years, beginning with a tour of Europe and Iceland as lead female vocalist and keyboardist for a seven-member USO rock and roll band, performing for standing room-only crowds of up to 5,000. Upon returning to America, Shalamis played rock, blues, and top 40 music in clubs throughout the East Coast and Midwest. Before becoming religious and joining Ayala Tashachar, she produced two albums of original spiritual music, I Become the Eagle and Messengers of Light. She was named one of the 100 best and brightest young people in advertising by Advertising Age magazine. Shalamis' song Peace Pilgrim was used as the soundtrack for the internationally known documentary Peace Pilgrim an American sage who walked her talk. Pianist, singer, composer, Lisa Aronson Friedman began her piano studies at the age of five. She studied with her own father, with Harold Price, and finally with his son, Roger, who debuted with the National Symphony at age 17. Lisa also studied music theory at the American University Preparatory Department in Washington, DC. She was her high school choir accompanist began some performance singing during those years, and studied the guitar as well. She attended Oberlin College, where she majored in mathematics instead of music, but did take music classes, sang in the chorus, and performed in coffee houses prior to becoming observant. Lisa had the role of Hodel in the Baltimore Petach performance of Anatevka, Fiddler on the Roof, and fit music in when possible as she raised her children Dina Blasting Aleha HaShalom introduced her to Stephanie and together they started a duo which eventually became Ayala HaShahar During the day Lisa is a biostatistician at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine the third and final artist of the Ayala HaShahar ensemble is Stephanie Rabinowitz on vocals graduated from New York University Tisch School of the Arts and studied voice, theater, and movement at New York's Circle in the Square studio. She worked in production at the Classic Stage Company Repertory Theater in the New York City and performed in Fiddler of the Roof at Baltimore Spotlighters Theater. After becoming religious, Stephanie performed in women's musical theater productions in Flatbush and Baltimore and directed the Jewish Women's Choir, which performed annually to benefit the local day school. All of this until Hashem led her to the wonderful musicians of Ayelet HaShachar, and the rest is history. Ayala HaShachar is available for live performances for Jewish women of all ages, educating and inspiring its audiences with themes and insights from sacred Jewish texts, providing the opportunity for its audiences to personally experience and connect to Jewish prayer. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, welcome everyone to the show, <laughs> and by everyone, Lisa Aronson Friedman, Shalamas Koffler-Weinreb, and Stephanie Rabinowitz, welcome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank
0: you. It's so great to have you on the show, and one of the most amazing things about having you on the show is because you have something really amazing, because you have stuck it out together for so many years. Is it over 16 years? It is yeah, over yeah, sixteen right? years. Yep. Well, what is your secret? Let's start <laughs> with that. Patience. <laughs> it's like a good marriage,
1: you know. Oh, I was going to say like right. a good marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was going to say a comp- compromise, <laughs> compromise,
2: and communication, shalom <laughs> so bias, mm-hmm. shalom bias, and love. I
3: okay. Love.
0: Well, I will want a few stories about that. But we'll start with uh, the classic question and how did your group form? I know I, you got introduced to each other through Dina
1: Blaustein. Dina Blaustein. The first, yeah, Stephanie and I um, were both friends with Dina Blaustein independently. Um, and Dina was the, um, Dina had a band called Encore which was around for many years and, and changed, um, personnel over, over the years. But, um, but she was the founder and she was the, the mover and shaker and she played the drums.
3: And I was playing with, I was playing with Dina often in, um, some of the women's music that was happening in Baltimore many years ago. Um, and I turned to Dina and I said, this is Stephanie speaking. I said, turn to Dina. And I said, you know, let me into your band, and she said, no, we already have a vocalist. said, but I've got the next best thing. I've got a great musician, and I think you guys are on the same page, um, you know, are looking to do the same thing and are of the same, you know, have, have the same idea of what women's Jewish women's music should be like. And, um, and so she introduced me to Lisa. And so from there... Um, Shalamas was like a a godsend. After that Shidduch was made, Shalamas appeared um at one of our Lisa and I played at a base Yaakov event and and uh Shalamas ended up being there. Um not to hear us, but to hear to hear the speaker, to hear actually Reps Young Rice. Um mayor may be for a blessing, and she heard us that night, and then we heard her, and then the rest is history. She was,
2: um,
3: you know, absolutely rounded out exactly what we were um, hoping to to do and, and enhanced our sound, you know, immensely.
0: So that's truly amazing because, you know, I am a one-woman show, and I can't even imagine working with other people and making everyone happy so when you say shalom bias and how you make it work I know so many bands fall apart because of all the drama that's involved the one thing is to just say you know you're the vocalist you're the guitarist and you're the percussionist and another thing is when you're actually creating new content together and being polite and at the same time creating good music so how do you get that balance can you give me an example of what, it, what it's like for you to work together, what a day in the studio or a day of creating looks like. Um, and obviously, if you had any dramatic stories where you'd fight, I want to hear about that, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shalamas, you want to take
3: this one? <laughs> uh, sure, sure.
2: Um, so, so first of all, I think that just like any marriage, you have to have a foundation of respect. And if you have a foundation of respect, then everything flows from that. So I think we all respect each other. And we truly are a sisterhood. Uh, when I say love, I, I I mean it. And we really are a sisterhood and we respect each other. Um, we don't always agree, but, you know, we work it out. And um, when we each, like Lisa and I are the composers of the group, when we, each have a song that we're bringing to the group, we present it, um, and, you know, we're honest, and if there's something that we don't like as much, you know, we'll say it, uh, and usually there's compromise, but most of the time, frankly, there's not changing, it's it's more just enjoying it and then working it out. Um, and enhancing. The, and enhancing the- it, yeah, absolutely, and... Uh Lisa does her own vocal arrangements and I do my own vocal arrangements and then instrumentally we each add our own parts. So Lisa would add her piano um sensibility to it, you know what she feels is the right uh part to play and I would do um this as, as well on the guitar and if there are solo pieces in it um then Lisa would do the solo and and vice versa on the guitar I would do the solo. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just been a dance and really the 16 years, it's not like, it's like they've gone by, I don't know about everybody else, but they've gone by, you know, it hasn't been like grueling 16 years. It's been, you know, a wonderful ride. Um, and, um, you You know, Shalamus, if I can add
1: something, um, you know, there's something else about collaborating, Um, um, if you haven't, if you've only done solo music, you're really missing out on something in my humble opinion, there is something wonderful about collaborating in music. And I've, I've done it, you know, over many years because, um, I grew up studying classical music. So I always collaborated with other musicians with things. And so it's not only fun, but there is definitely, um, a higher spirituality, I think, and and we feel it tremendously when we're when we're um performing or, or just even rehearsing together. Just that moment, it's like an aha moment where everything just comes together and you just you just like look at each other and you know, we, we just we all feel it. And I think that is so worth it that, you know, even if there are times we might not agree, you know, we just get through because we know that 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 everything is so good that, you know, it's worth uh it's compromising at times.
3: Wow. Right. I want to, if I it's can ask awesome. you that, that the, you know, as a vocal performer, so there is this aspect, ego aspect, I guess, you know, of like a, you know, so to speak, the spotlight kind of thing. And in the different, as over the years, as we've sort of assigned parts of our, as my, of my, um, as my, these extraordinary composers these two women have created music and said okay you'll sing this part and you'll sing that part whatever the more the the through the years you know more and more of the songs have become ensemble pieces with you know highlighting vocal um, parts but never not as much you know in the later years the like solo songs you know solo pieces and uh, you know there's always a sense of you know doing a solo piece and sort of being out there kind of on the ledge working together as an ensemble and singing together ensemble you know in in tight harmonies as um, as they write there's something so uh, embracing and so comforting and so um enriching about that experience it's it's much nicer than being out there hanging out there in the solo world <laughs>
2: Uh, now I also only- want to add that that because we've worked together for so long and because we're so, I say this, you know, we have harmony on stage, but we also have harmony off stage. Um, that harmony shows up in in this in this blend that is and has been created from the years of working together. So that there are times if we sing the same note, you can't really tell whose voice is what, and it sounds like its own unique voice and um, that just comes from the whole ishgal <clears throat> <throat> for the work, the way we work. And, and I, I just want to say that I was a solo artist for many years before I joined Daniela Hasha. And, um, I joined it, you know, not that long after I became from. And I, uh, I said to myself, well, I'm joining this community and now I'm going to join a musical community. And that's really what I thought. Uh, when I said yes, I said I want to join this musical community, and that's that's also what it's
0: been. Wow, that's really beautiful. I did experience being in an ensemble. It was different because we did have a director who was an outside party directing us. We were children, so we definitely required that mm-hmm. as children. And and um, it it was definitely beautiful. Where every you're not alone. Everyone sounds in sync, and there's a certain belonging and community like feeling, performing with others. So I, def- I definitely identify with the things you've all mentioned. And it's really beautiful to hear how, how you have this commitment and respect to each other. So thank you for showing us such beauty and um, such an example of, of such work. Uh, I heard that you performed your your original debut show called Titled Prayer and your your thing, the, the kick with it, was that it was a fundraiser for terror victims in Israel. And I found that fascinating because you you found something that really touches many people, and you're able to combine it with your music and bring more meaning to what you already do. And I know you have so much in your mission statement. So that's really beautiful how you brought it together. Can I ask how that idea came about and... If if the organization that you raised the money for was a part of the event, can you tell me more about that? And if there's more to it than than just that with that show
3: in two thousand and one, so we started in to that 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 show. The idea for the show came about. Um, you know that the terrorism here in Israel was just. Taking hold of that, Zaf- like what the first intifada was, two thousand, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot and of bus so, bombings. Yeah, a lot of bus bombings going on. Yeah, well, the bus yeah. bombings at the Sabaro, the pizza shop bombing. I mean, there was it was really horrific. Um, and you know, as you know, that feeling of helplessness over here. In, you know, in being away. You know, reading the news and not and 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 hearing the and hearing about it and. It's interesting the the so we met. remind me guys we that was we had just started collaborating right as a the three of us yeah what well, was the March right. April
1: one right I, First, I Stephanie I got a bunch up. a bunch of people to make a committee we had a com- we did right, not right. to answer your question Francesca we um we did not directly hook up with the organization I think it was even one family is that does that ring a bell guys it's one of it's either that one or or something some I mean
3: everything was new it was really all very new you know in world events it was real I mean terrorism wasn't new obviously but that this level um you know it, it had gone to new heights and then we chose the date that we did um and the you know the with a lot of with a lot of support from the community of baltimore the women's community in baltimore well they As were mostly Lisa women from said. shomri amuna because right, from the, the time, one, yeah. from one of the schools and they so they formed a committee and they were and they were actively fundraising and um the the, the concert was actually called prayer through music and it was two days before
2: 9 9/11. 11 yeah
3: it ended no. up being two days before 9-11. Um, the, the extraordinary thing for us about that particular concert was that it, it was our debut concert. We were very, very well received by the Baltimore community. And we had also, um, there had been a building excitement because we did have a committee of women. And then whatever monies we raised were also matched by whom do you remember was it by Shomrei but was it was no no it was
1: the it was the um who in Israel it was the uh the fund in Israel somebody threw that fund I don't think it was Shomrei Shomrei um donated the place and actually Rabbi um C. Hirsch Weinreb who was the rub of the time of Shomrei Muna um actually spoke beautifully um gave an introduction before we performed so um uh, I'm, I remember that still very fondly. He was very supportive of our work. So,
3: And that really and, set and we the tone. We, yeah, we, we did. We raised a lot raised of money lot. for women's music, particularly women's music at that time, et cetera, et cetera. And it was before anything had been recorded. Um, so it's not like we were selling something at the end of the show. you know. We, um, but it, it, it set the tone for us to to understand that, you know, in order to have, uh, um, opportunities to perform, it was, um, it was almost like we, 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 I don't know how to say this exactly, but it, it, you know, it, how do I say this when you would have a male performer and he would do a concert, it was enough to come to the concert because he was doing the concert. Okay. Let's let's use somebody older, you know, Mordecai Ben was doing a concert. And you go because you want to hear Mordecai ben David. So for women at that time, it was almost more like no brand name recognition. Well, that and a reason to go out. <laughs> so it was, you know, it, it, we, I, if I'm going to commit my evening, says young mom of children or doesn't generally go out very often or can't get a chance to get out oh, this is going to benefit the victims of terror in Israel, or this is going to benefit our local day school, or this is going to benefit, you know, um, our, you know, fabulous Jewish caring network in Baltimore, you know, like, so so great, I'm going to go out. You know, so if, when we were tied to a fundraiser, we found when we would try, just stum, do a concert, was not as um, well attended because women tended to just not go out just
1: because right. right? well they'd rather go with their husbands so you know for them they don't often choose to go to women's only events unless they feel it has some some um higher purpose
2: right.
0: so you really got us to the next topic which is the challenges that we all face and it sounds like you're saying this is how it was so are you implying that things have changed over the years and that now it is different for you
3: I don't think so.
0: <laughs> it's still the same. Well, I mean, at some Nobody point we started
3: out. doing, we did a, we decided to do a Rosh Chodesh series and and women came out for, because it was Rosh Chodesh. So it was, you know, and, you know, and in the times that we have tried to raise money st- just for ourselves, meaning to record, to put back into the band, it's never for ourselves personally, but, you know, f- you know, to benefit the band in order to be able to put more music out, um, you know, it's, just it's, it's, it's a little bit more, it's more difficult because a, when you're working either for, for, or to benefit an organization, you have, you have support from an organization to help you with logistics of putting on a, you know, a performance and all that that entails. So, um, you know, it's it, I don't I don't know that whether it's changed I don't know, what do you think? I don't, I don't know that it's changed so much.
2: Shalamus, what do you think? Um, I tell you, I do see a change, not necessarily in in terms of the audience change, but I see enormous change on the horizon, starting and on the horizon of almost like a renaissance of women artists, women creative um, expression, and women musicians. Maybe it's because of... You know, uh, uh, seeing people at the Atara convention or, or seeing people on the Ko Isha radio program or just suddenly being more aware of what's out there. But I feel like it's like a momentum building of that. Um, I don't think the audience has quite caught up to it yet because it's still new. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's growing though. Um, and as far as, you know, women, being used to seeing a lot of women performers, I think that's that's got to grow as well. That um, you know, there haven't been so many, at least not in Baltimore, and and certainly they know they know us. But it's not like we get so many visiting performers in Baltimore. So I'm optimistic about the future in terms of there being, uh, like I said, more of a renaissance, more of a. Of a uh, a growth and an explosion of creativity among women uh, in the film world um, which is you know a wonderful thing
3: it's interesting you were mentioning that you remember the brooklyn concerts the mass you know the big yeah. production number brooklyn concerts um hola and so forth so um at some point when the economy dropped it was like 2008 2009 we were we were kind of on a roll doing a number we i think we did two or three maybe three of those um two. the big um was it was two of them two of them two. yeah yeah
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know the, the 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 big productions and then they stopped um and I don't, and again that they, they they called it an, it was an economic crisis people weren't um putting that kind of money into certainly into women's um productions at that point so So you know, um Shalamas,
1: in response to what you said, I agree, and I disagree, okay, I agree, I think there's a renaissance, and there are so many women doing a lot of things, but sure. I think that it's blossoming more in the um in the recording and you know yeah. online and videos and all that stuff and i'm I'm guessing that there's always going to be an inherent issue with the concerts, not that women won't come to concerts to hear other women it's just won't be as much as with the men, because I think, you know, if a woman ha- is married and has a family and doesn't want and has to decide, well, I can only go out, you know, once this month, you know, on a mostly Shabbos, and she has a choice between going to hear a woman performer, which, you know, she has the CDs, so she can listen, right. um, or going to hear a male artist with her husband. I, I, and would, she would, yeah. I would agree with you yeah
2: but I, I think that we're talking a different audience. I think you're talking an older, if I could use an advertising term demographic, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I'm talking a younger one, because I remember, for example, the Atara convention. Um, the audience there was like hungry, hungry for performers, hungry for to see people on stage and to identify with them and to enjoy the music. Fantastic! It was absolutely electric. The atmosphere there, particularly that Friday night, and I, and it was mostly the younger kid, the, the girls, the teenagers. So mm-hmm. I'm really talking about them. Like I'm wondering what's going to be if there mm-hmm. were more concerts. Would they come out? I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying about the older. For sure, it's practical, and you're you're right. But I think that there's something there with the younger, uh, and I see how they're the ones who know. Like I'm a I'm a guitar teacher and I a lot of my students are teenagers teenage girls and and they're like naming all these names yeah I listened to this one and that one and this one and then you know they're like really into it and I think that they're the ones who would be coming out to these concerts. So if they I would agree have with concerts. all of
0: you. It's true. It's it is a double-edged thing because in order to produce high-level shows, you need to have money and. The people who are coming to the shows don't necessarily want to spend that money because Mm -hmm, if you're dealing mm -hmm. with teenagers then their parents are paying for it and they might not value it as much and not want to pay as much. So you do have that. Everything you've mentioned, there's definitely truth to it all. And I can't agree with you more. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you, well you're
1: dealing with the same stuff so you know
0: of course I'm yeah. dealing with the same sure, stuff but sure. hearing your perspective on how things have been for the last you know 16 years and that things really haven't changed you know what I've recently realized that it's not just the performance market it's not just the women it's not just the art we're dealing with people's religion and, and with that mm-hmm. there's a lot less room for change for, for any new for newness for, mm-hmm. for for revolution mm-hmm. so as much as there is a renaissance and there's there 's a lot more performers out there, but the support and the networking is definitely still pushing back, and there is a lack of a market i think i think mostly because it is class clashing with religious values for a lot of people Yeah, that 's
1: true that 's true and
0: yeah and it 's also
1: what people grew up grew up with if they if you have a certain sound, um, as you know, Yalta Shacher has, we have our niche. Um, yeah. Then, and you, and you didn't grow up with that sound, you don't necessarily connect to it. So, um, I know we've run into that uh, with certain people. So,
0: um, you have put out two albums, and you're working on your third. And it's incredible how much you've been able to accomplish. And 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 you you've raised a lot of money by performing into your. Into your projects, but also I want to applaud you on a big practical side the fact that you became a nonprofit organization. I'd like to hear more about the reasoning behind it, how you came to this, and has it really helped you as a band to accomplish your goals to become a nonprofit?
3: Lisa, you take them. Lisa. Lisa take that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Yeah, anything <laughs> business, they throw my away.
1: Even though I'm totally in my private life, I am not a business person. I let my husband handle taxes and everything else, but somehow I managed to do it all. Um, but anyway, um, right. I think early on, we all realized that it was going to be very hard to raise money to record. And we also realized what we were just talking about, that it was easier to get women to come out when you were raising money for something. So um, I think that I I mentioned, I might've been the one to mention it at first, well, maybe we should become a nonprofit. And and so we, we, we hired a lawyer and set that up. And it meant that when people came to our concerts and wrote a check, they could write it to a Yelot HaShachar Jewish music experience, and there, there would be a, you know, a if it was a donation, in other words, if it wasn't just a ticket price, but if they were sponsors or they were, you know, donating to something for us for recording or anything else, it was tax deductible. I mean, it's still tax I, deductible. I
3: think even, even you know, the, those, are the, those are the small checks. Um, more importantly, when we started the first... Um, fundraising efforts for the for the for orchadash, our first um, CD. So um, we were going to foundations, and we had to be a five hundred one c three. We had to be a not for profit in order to create, you know, in order to have a vessel to receive um, foundation checks. And thanks to some, well, um, we didn't get anything from foundations. Well. Oh well, yes, yes, we one, one, yes, we
1: did. Yes, <laughs> yeah. One, yeah, sorry, we did from one. Yes, so anybody, yeah. but and even anybody who gave a, a large check was certainly going to want to have a have it to be uh, tax deductible. By the right. way, as we're saying all this, I'm thinking I don't know what this is going to mean with the new tax law, guys. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I know. so, so uh,
2: yeah, and but and it, was, also, it was
3: it was we chose it as an investment, mm-hmm. um, and it, it it's definitely an investment that paid off for us. And we did it early on, and it's and
2: and it's still paying off for us. Yeah, because we're we're about to embark on a crowdfunding campaign through Juicer, and it's it's really an advantage to be a tax uh, deductible organization, to be a tax exempt organization when you're doing that. Because it's people like to be able to do that to give and get that taken off. So it's it's a, a real plus.
0: So uh, it's great that you figured out what to categorize yourself as to make it, to make it really possible to sustain your band, which is amazing. I'm wondering with Stephanie making Aliyah and moving to Israel, how it's affecting the logistics of the band.
3: <laughs> well, thankfully art? there was three-way Skype so far. <laughs> so, um... We haven't really, you know, we're, we, once we get into uh, again back into the studio, so that'll be kind of the real test. Um, you know, obviously, with everything being digital, so and with my um, my part being, so to speak, the easiest one to be long distance, being vocal, sure. um, we'll, we'll kind of we'll see how it goes. You know, obviously. Um, Performance wise, definitely limited and we haven't really um, been challenged there yet. So we'll kind of yeah. cross that bridge, you know, or how did Lisa you say, what did you say? We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Yeah, some of my, uh, my, my bridge, sons. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but the recording, you know, recordings done everywhere and done digitally. And there are, you know, fabulous recording studios here in Israel. Which um, um, So hopefully it'll work you know and again we haven't we haven't tested mm-hmm. it out yet so it remains to be seen yeah.
0: i believe in you Ayel shahar you will make it work you you've got oh. you've you made it through oh, so many challenges you. and obstacles <laughs> um, so <laughs> is there anything we haven't mentioned yet in terms of you know what i i don't know like i remember speaking with lisa a couple of months back and and really considering becoming a non-profit for myself and i really couldn't come to terms with it because i didn't want to accept the fact that the only reason people will donate or support my music is because they're getting a tax deduction or or just just basically come to the realization that i am a non-for-profit or that i'm not looking to to make a living from this because I, I am trying to find a way to make a living. To from make a, a living music. from the Right. That, that, I, I don't want to be a nonprofit. Thing, yeah. I, I might have to look in, into other options. But, um, you know, when people buy my album, it, it's not a tax deduction. They're getting great entertainment. Why should they have to deduct, you know, why should they feel well, like they have to deduct from a, from right. a album Well, the albums if they
1: company. buy our CDs, there's no tax deduction. Okay. That's an outright purchase. And it's, you know. It is, you know, the money goes into our nonprofit business, but it doesn't doesn't give that person a tax deduction. So that part doesn't change.
0: Right. Okay.
1: I I think, Francesca, one of the problem, one of the issues is you're looking to make a living. And we weren't. We all have. um, Yeah, we all have professions outside of our music and, um, you know, wanted to get together to do music because uh, we love it. And um so we didn't have that same drive. Now we needed the money to, you know, do the things we wanted to do in the band. So that was the difference. Mm-hmm.
2: Um I, right. I think and not not to think and every that, I'm not sorry, to, go on. But not to think that you know I mean and clearly Lisa said we, we want to do our music because we love it. And it was also we wanted to express it just like like any artist wants to express themselves, we want to express our music, and we found a form to do it. And but we didn't have the financial component in there. We didn't need to make it a commercial success. We just wanted to make it, you know, an ex, uh, an artistic success for us, so to speak.
0: Right. You really articulated your goals, and you're able to accomplish them because it was so clear what you really wanted to do. And uh, I, I applaud you for that. I really respect you. <laughs> I don't have such clarity yet. I'm still searching. Um, well,
1: um, you're yeah. a little younger than even we were when we got together.
3: So,
0: <laughs> well, that's consolidating. That that is comforting a little
3: bit. To hear. and I think the opportunities. You know, I think you know as we sort of said earlier, I think the opportunities really are different. And um, and and every group or artist, you know, obviously has to do what works for them, this worked for us. It's not a necessarily a formula that everyone should or you know, should use.
0: But it is a great formula. It's great for people out there to hear that this exists and there's a path and it works. Um, I guess we are coming to, to an end, unfortunately, but I wanted to ask you with your wisdom and your experience you know one of you did mention how the market's not ready for for people for women like us yet. What do you think has to change? what needs to happen in order in
2: order for there to be more opportunity? I think that um, more people need to know about who's out there. I think there needs to be more um, <clears throat> awareness of uh, venues like um i don't know the koesisha radio or or um just to know who the artists are like if they know that this is available, it creates more of an opening if they don't know it's available, then you know they're not looking for it so I think a lot of it has to do with awareness, expanding people's um you know horizons of what's out there, what actually exists now, and there's some Really wonderful performers and wonderful, uh, talented um, musicians and people out there who who deserve to be heard. And I think the more that they're heard, the more the opening will just happen.
3: I think also it you know like sort of there's two sides to this coin like there you know there is a limited market for Jewish women's music. There's a you know you know if you Pair it down and pair it down from a marketing standpoint you know your our our target audience gets smaller and smaller and smaller you know with each kind of restriction listen to mute, listen to women's music don't listen to women's music et cetera et cetera so you know that's a that's definitely a challenge, but the fact is I think what Shalamas is saying and also like that you know with with um rapidly changing technology with this dig- digital age and so forth, you know, I think our, our music can get in and creep into places and get into places that it couldn't before. So it's kind of could go either way. I think, mm-hmm. think it will go either way.
0: Any parting advice or suggestions or wishes to our listeners? And we'll close with that.
1: I would say whatever you're doing, don't stop doing your music, because especially, you know, with Jewish music, if you use it to connect to Hashem, there's just no better expression. I, I, I you know, so no matter whether you make make money, don't make money, you know, find a way to keep doing music. That's my uh, my advice for what it's
2: worth. Thank you. Yes, it's really and, special. Uh, Anything else? I, th- I think they shouldn't be afraid. I think they should think big. I think uh, uh, they should know that Hashem gave gave them the gift, and that uh, didn't give it for no reason. He gave it gave it for them to share it, and uh, but also to connect it with Him, and to try to connect people to Him. And to wow. what we try to do.
0: Really deep. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you so much for being on our show. I Thanks
3: for having you. us. Yes. Thank you so much.
0: Ayala Hashachar is available for live performances for Jewish women of all ages, educating and inspiring its audiences with themes and insights from sacred Jewish texts, providing the opportunity for its audiences to personally experience and connect to Jewish prayer. For links and more information, please click on the blog. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Francesca Show, and have a great week.